Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael speaks on living Christ during Live Truth Week of Vision Month. to be here today, back in the U.S. of A. It's nice to be here. It's better than the alternative. That's about anywhere, I think. It's better to be here. I love it here. And uh, thank you for your covering, your sending, all the things. We had an amazing, amazing, amazing time. Um, uh, God did powerful, powerful, powerful things. Um, we saw, I, I saw probably the most, um, glorious deliverance I've ever seen in my life of a young lady. It was incredibly powerful. And, um, if you don't believe in those things, I wish I had a video you would believe. And so it was very powerful. And I, as we sang these songs this morning, just thinking about him getting the reward of his suffering, that lady's freedom, so powerful. And uh, you guys make that happen. And so we're, we're on a mission to give him the reward of his suffering here and in the nations of the world. Amen? So we, we had an amazing, amazing time. We, we went a few days early and celebrated our anniversary, and that was a good time. 21 years, and it has been the best 21 years of my life, hands down. And... Yesterday, we had a marriage workshop here. Many of you were here for that. Phenomenal, phenomenal time. Uh, We're so thankful. We had Dr. Nations with us and uh, a godly counselor, spirit-led counselor, um, not only marriage, but in all regards, and we've referred many people to him and um, his ministry yesterday was incredibly powerful, um, really more, more and different than I expected. And so that's, it's awesome. So we had a great time, and I uh, can't wait till the next one. I think you couples look good. You look like you celebrated the, the workshop yesterday. You look happy this morning. Just poured water all over myself. So today is our last Sunday of Vision Month for the fall 2023 semester. So this semester will last through 
um, January as far as, um, wait, am I even saying this right? There'll be another vision month in January, but um, serve teams and life groups, there's dates when all of that happens, those transitions. But it's six months. That's what it is. I never can remember exactly how that falls. And um, we've even, I think, we're working on if it's not already, but we've, we've made it very clear out there where you can see that. And I should look at it. And <laughs> then I will be more clear. It's only been a few years that we've been doing this, like a lot, but I just always forget those transitions. So I'm pretty sure that the life groups that you sign up for, they start September and they go through December. Yes. So September, October, November, December. That's where I always get messed up. Life groups are four months because, um, you know, then you've got January and you've got, they start in February. They start in February. So we take January off, and then you've got February, March, April, May. And then a new thing this year is we're going to have summer electives. Summer electives. So in the summer, they're going to be three-month interest-based life groups. Okay, we don't want any groups that are just, you know, the same group. They're all going to be something different that's interest-based that's going to push us to go do something, okay? So these interest-based electives over the summer, and so we can't control you, but we can push you, <laughs> right? We can push you to diversify. We can push you to get out of your box. I was actually going to say this later in my sermon today about truth and about anchors and about how the truth is, is, it is what we tie to, what we anchor to, and it is above everything else. So there are absolutes that are above everything else. Are you with me? There are absolutes no matter how you feel about it. There are absolutes no matter what your opinion is. There's absolutes no matter what your preference is. There's absolutes. And there with, there's absolutes in Scripture. That's the only place there's absolutes. Uh, everything else, my truth, your truth, his truth, her truth, it's nothing. There's nothing but the truth. It's truth. And so all of our things are that way. So in speaking of all these things, you know, um, who was in my friend's living room 2000, what's the year, Tw 11, yeah, but 11, I think, November-ish 2011, we were in my friend's living room, and we had our first gathering of Redemption Life Church. Just raise your hand if you were there for that, Okay. So I would ask the rest of you, are you thankful that we decided that the vision and mission of Redemption Life Church to change a city, the nation, and the nations of the world was bigger than our preference 
of our group that was in that house. How many people were in the storefront on Clinton Highway? It's getting a little bigger, right? You're in the storefront on Clinton Highway. Now, all you people that aren't raising your hand, aren't you glad that we decided, you know what, this is awesome. There's 44 chairs in here. We are so tight. We are so close. We are like this. We don't want a bunch of weirdos coming in here with all kinds of weird stuff and all this. I like to know all the people and I like to eat lunch with all the people. We just leave church and go to a restaurant. You know, it's great. And we can all fit. That's before my family can't fit at a restaurant. And uh, I talked with a restaurant the other day. I said, I need a table for 12. And they said, we don't do tables for 12. And I, they were like, and I was like, well, just put them side by side. And they're like, we can't guarantee they're side by side. And I was like, well, who's going to watch my two-year-old on the other side of the restaurant? And they're like, I'm sorry. I was like, we're a family. I'm not, it's not like a party. No, sorry. I'm like, so you're telling me like my family can never come to your restaurant? Yes. Okay. Check that one off. Anyways, so anyway, just had to get that off my chest, I guess. That was like a year ago, you know, and it's just still in there, I guess. I didn't even know it was there. It just came out today. How many people were there when we had Thanksgiving dinner? in a coffee shop. Man, wasn't that Thanksgiving dinner awesome? All you people that aren't raising your hands, you ruined it. <laughs> we can't have Thanksgiving dinner anymore. We rented like the high school and the gym and then they sued us because we messed up the floor. We don't know where to have it anymore, you know? <laughs> so anyways, all along this journey and this process of getting to where we are today, and getting to where we're going tomorrow, we had to put something higher than all of our individual opinions and our individual preferences and our individual ideas and what we're most comfortable with. And I gotta tell everybody, we're not gonna stop doing that today. I don't own it. You don't own it. We're all just submitted to it. There is a vision. There is a mandate. And we're going forward with it. And so we are going to continue to pursue that. And we're going to continue to make a place where people can be connected and people can, you know, fit in. And we're nothing, nothing is going to be held above that. Nothing. And so we are, we're, we're going forward with that. And that's the truth. Nothing but the truth. So we're, we're launching those. And so the life groups are um, for four months and then the three-month groups in the summer and then serve teams. If you had a chance to sign up for those, there's serve teams that are here, XP teams, experience teams, and help us facilitate these encounters here at this facility and at the youth facility. And then we've got reach teams where you go out into the city. And our vision has always been to have 
more reach teams than we have teams that facilitate ministry here. Uh, there's more people out there than they are in here. So if we're doing more ministry in here than we're doing out there, then we're inward focused, right? It's not a good use of resources to give him what he has earned with his suffering. To give him what he has earned, we can't expend more resources on less productivity and less resources on a city. And so we want to have more reach teams than we have teams in here. And sometimes we can get just so focused on what we do in here. So sign up for a life group. Sign up for a reach team. Sign up for an experience team. And let's do it. Let's all just submit to it. Let's all get on board with it. Let's all continue to see God do what's in his heart to do. And so it's the last Sunday of Vision Month. It's live truth. Love God. Love people. Live truth. Oh, they've got it. Love God. Love people. Live truth. Love God. Love people. Live truth. It's so much fun. Love God. Love people. Live truth. I love it. Children can do this, so we can do this, all right? So let's love God. Let's facilitate love God encounters. Let's love people. Let's facilitate reach teams in our community and love each other through life groups, and let's make it where everyone can be connected and have a, have a family in this body, and let's live truth. And so I want to talk a little bit about living truth today. Some of this you may have heard before. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. I'll read it from the Amplified Version. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness in holy living in conformity to God's will in thought purpose and action so that the man of God may be complete and proficient well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work the word of God Every word, every scripture, this is what it's for. It's profitable for instruction, reproof, conviction, and training in righteousness so that we're complete and well-fitted for every good work. We need to know the truth. I had this um, picture this morning. First of all, Jim, like you are a man's man, always. Jim is a man's man. Jim comes rolling up on his Harley. He's a man's man, right? I hear stories from Spencer, his son, about his father. And I know this is a man's man. He's hardcore. He's tough. He's a man. And I looked over during worship, and I just... I just want to tell you, I, I, it's, I've never seen anything like this, but your hands are like this. And as, as, as much of a man's man and tough as you are, I saw you like, as like a super 
power, like a Marvel, you know, Avenger. And I don't know, I can't, I don't know which one's done it. Maybe Loki did it. I don't know. But like, while you were standing like that, I just saw like lightning, like just coming, just streaming from heaven onto your hands. And it was just like, you were just like, So, I mean, that is the most powerful thing you've ever done in your entire life. That is the most masculine, manly, powerful thing that you've ever done. And I just honor that. I mean, I was in awe of the power of that moment of your hands lifted like this. And so continue to walk in that and to position yourself that way. And I I had another picture this morning, and it's, uh, it's like this, we're in this massive tube, and it's a chute, and it's got water running through it, okay? Just this massive current, completely full. It's not like it's half full and we're just floating in it. It's completely full. We're submerged in it, and it's like just blasting like fire hydrant pressure through this tube, and it's just full of people, and we're just, you know, just whatever you would do in that tube. I mean, we're just like, and we're all just going, okay? And I see like, Every one of these, like, big, it looks like an anchor, um, and it's an anchor of an idea. It's an anchor of a theology. It's an anchor of a religion. It's an anchor of some concept, some his truth, some, somebody's truth, But those things are going at the same rate and the same speed as all of us through this tube. And people are grabbing to those things as if they're going to stop them from continuing to go out this tomb of imminent destruction. And as they grab them, it absolutely doesn't affect the course of their life at all. They just continue to go because all of these things are moving at this path of destruction. An object in motion remains in motion unless acted upon by an opposite force. And so all of these concepts and all these ideas of man are not opposite forces. They're all in line with the lies of this age. And so we're just being swept through this tube. And I just see that there's this, you can just see coming up in the distance, there's this There's this thing sticking out from the side of the tube, like a handle. I mean, I wish it was something way more elaborate and spiritual, but it's just a handle. And maybe this came from, Jahan and I watched Mission Impossible, you know, and there's a scene where they're in the water and he's, you know, but it's kind of that same concept because it's like this, caught up in this water, you're never gonna be able to stop. And then you just see people as they're going by so fast, but if somebody just can, if they grab a hold of that, it just, they stop. 
and everything keeps going, and they stop. There's only one thing, and it's truth, that we can grab a hold of that's going to stop us from going with the, the countless people who are on their way in deception to a destructive end, and it's truth. But so we're, we're just going full speed, and there is an anchor. There is an absolute. And so many times we... You know, some days you love it, some days you hate it. We've talked about this before, but there is an absolute. But if there is no absolute, if everything goes, that's what we've been grabbing to, things that everything goes and there is no absolute, then there's nothing solid. There's nothing that can stop the inevitable. Everything is just come see, come saw, you know, who cares? Just do what you will happy-go-lucky, and we think we're happy-go-lucky, right? But it's not happy-go-lucky. You're, you're in a just peaceful joy ride to destruction. And, it, and, you know, holding on to that truth causes us to get a little bit of, what's it called? I don't know. Resistance for sure. Friction for sure. But we get kind of assaulted by all the things. I mean, it's tumultuous at times as you're holding on and all the things are going by and they're hitting you, they're trying to move you, they're trying to knock you off, they're trying to bring you to that thing. But it, you, the only way that you stay out of this imminent destruction is to hold to the truth no matter what is coming at us or what's saying. And that may be the worst analogy ever, but that's how I saw it this morning, and it worked for me. So the Word of God is absolute. It's God-breathed. I love John 1.14 because it says the Word became flesh. You see back in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was God, and the Word was with God. Jesus is the Word. He was in the beginning. He put on flesh and he walked among us. In John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth. And so Jesus is God-breathed, right? The Holy Spirit is gonna conceive in you the Son of God. In the beginning, the earth was form and void. The Holy Spirit hovered over, made man, God's breath. And so again, Jesus is God-breathed. He is the breath of God. He is the word of God. So when we talk about living truth, you could just say live Christ. Live Christ. That's a firm foundation to live Christ. We talked a little bit about uh, this yesterday in our marriage workshop. Uh, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus is an old book, right? And all these differences that uh, sometimes we like to celebrate because it justifies us not being something we need to be for our spouse because I can't help it because I'm a man, you know? And 
But we're not supposed to be whoever we were, even if we were from Mars. It's supposed to be no longer I who Mars li- from Mars lives, but now it's Christ who lives in me. I'm living Christ. And Christ knows how to love his wife because he demonstrates it in Ephesians 5. Like Christ loved the church, we are to love our wives. And so we don't have excuses about this is how I'm wired and this is my genetic code and this is who I am. It is Christ who is love. And so we can love. And so we must live Christ. In John 17, he says that he tells us all of these things so that his joy may be full in us. The word didn't come so that we would be miserable having to follow the word. The word came so that we can lay hold of the promises of God. Every God-breathed word is an invitation to promise. Every God-breathed instruction or correction is an invitation to better. It's an invitation to bigger. It's an invitation to more. It's an invitation to break out of our limited, restricted, conformed mindsets that lead to lack and poverty and less. And it's an invitation to bring in the kingdom that is at hand and we can grab a hold of it, but we must get to it through the word of God. I've shared with you recently, and this is one of my favorite things to share when we're out of the country. They really like this scripture when I break it down for them. But 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But I would, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep, that you would sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4, this is about people who have died in the faith And he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, which is uneducated, unlearned about what happens to people when they die, because I don't want you to mourn like people who don't understand. I don't want you to mourn like people who don't have hope. And so the difference in having hope and not having hope is understanding. It's, It's going from ignorant to enlightened. It's going from a place of not knowing, limited knowledge about what happens to allowing his word to inform us and his spirit to lead us into truth so that it changes how we deal with this perceived loss that we are mourning. It doesn't say we don't mourn, it just says we don't mourn like people who have no hope. We now have a silver lining, a bitter sweetness to the loss of our loved ones because of truth. And without that truth, we face things differently than we could face things with that truth. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant. My dad used to use a word, I don't know, maybe other people use it, but my dad always used to say ignoramus. I don't know, everybody else use that word, ignoramus? Dad used to always say, don't be an ignoramus. I don't know what that is. 
but I think it's ignorant. Don't be an ignoramus. Listen, though. So you're ignorant, and then, you know, we've talked about Revelation 4. I don't have time to go into it, but as the creatures go around the throne, crying, holy, 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 and they're full of eyes within and without and all around and behind, front, back, everywhere. I believe that throughout eternity, they continue to discover more and more about the wholeness of the one who sits on the throne. And so every time they circle, they're like, miss something. Holy, they circle, miss something. Holy, they circle, miss something. Holy, I mean, they just keep catching little glimmers of his nature and who he is. And it causes them to say, holy. And those elders that are watching them encounter him, when they declare he's holy, then those elders fall down, it says, and they lay down their crowns, which is symbolic, laying down their life, everything, their aspirations, their ambitions, everything. They lay it down, their pride. And so as we encounter him and continue to discover him, the people around us are going to watch our life. And you know how we're going to declare that he's holy? Through living truth. When we discover a new truth and we apply it to our life, people that are watching our life are going to be like, wow, I never saw that about God till I saw it in you. And they're going to fall down and say, he's worthy of my crown. We're a sign and a wonder when we live truth. So every circle around, we become less ignorant. And some people, that offends if I say you're ignorant. It excites me. It excites me because it takes some pressure off me. I don't have to know everything because I'm still breathing and I'm still discovering and he's still faithful. So he's going to show me more things that I need to know. And it's an exciting journey, not if I don't know it, I'm less than and I'm not good enough and I'm not strong enough and I got to strive. Listen, you, there's going to be so much pride wrapped up in that. So I'm ignorant. And tomorrow I'll be less ignorant. Matthew 7, 24. We talked a little bit about this in the songs this morning. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now here when it says, those that don't act, hear his words and don't act on them are like a foolish man. I've told you this before. The Greek word for that is moro. It's where we get the word moron. So look, this is fresh though. You've heard me talk about being ignorant. You've heard me talk about a moron before, but here's something fresh. I've even, look, so if you don't know something, you're ignorant. If you know it and don't do it, you're an ignorant moron. Because this is saying if you hear it, you know it, but you don't do it, it changes who, it's, you're not just ignorant anymore. Now you're a moron. 
It's intensifying here. Because see, 1 Peter 1, 14 and 15 says, as God, uh, God's obedient children, never again shape your life by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. You were ignorant. There was an excuse. Now that you've heard it, you know it, and you don't do it, you're a moron. And your house is floating down the river, right? And so it's one thing not to know. It's another thing to know and not to do. So we can't just celebrate truth, sing about truth, party about truth, rail against people about truth. We have to live truth. We have to apply truth. Proverbs 21, what is wrong? Proverbs 12, 1 says, to learn truth, you must be teachable. That's pretty deep. To learn truth, you must be teachable or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. You can love truth and long to be teachable or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. Let me jump ahead here. Let me read this from the message version. James chapter 1. Verse 22, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act on are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, thinking about those creatures, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it. You can't just see it. You can't just hear it. You can't just know it and walk away and forget about it. You've got to stick with it. Is no distracted scatterbrain. You're not a distracted scatterbrain or an ignorant moron if you will apply the word of God to your life. But a man or woman of action, that person will find delight and affirmation in the action. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we all with unveiled faces looking at as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image. Look at that from James 1 to 2 Corinthians 3.18. We don't look in a mirror and look a walk away. We continue to stare as in a mirror at the glory of God until we're being transformed into the image that he's displaying to us of truth. John 13.17 says, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. If you know these things, great. You're blessed if you do them. Live truth. Hebrews 10, 24, I'll end with this. Discover creative ways to encourage others 
and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Discover creative ways to encourage others to live the truth. And I just want to say that books are creative ways that have been discovered. Books outside of Scripture are creative ways. The, the Spirit of truth will come and lead you into all truth. There's people who are led of the Spirit who have wrote books that help lead us into truth. And so I'm, I'm saying that just to say this. Like when we talk about discovering creative ways to grow and to live truth, there's all kinds of things that can help us grow in our discovery of truth and scripture and implement it into our life. And so when we talk about living truth here, we want to find those creative ways. We want to find those creative outlets. We want to find things that will inspire us and give us new insight and revelation into things maybe we've read a hundred times for scripture, but through an inspired, revealed thing that someone has been led to write in a book, it just gives us a brand new concept and view of those things. So we do book studies and we do things like that in life groups. Man, over the years, we've done uh, studies on God is good, which is by Bill Johnson, a powerful book about the nature of God. We've done studies of honor's reward and culture of honor and what else? I don't know. Lots of things. Bait of Satan, which is amazing. Avoiding the spirit of offense, the bait of Satan. Satan. And so we're looking at continuing. Uh, we've got a vision to do adult education where there's like 101, 201, 301, or 102 through 103. I don't know however we do those courses. But we're literally people that come to Redemption Life Church, not only through our teaching here on Sundays, our teaching to our students and our children, but there's these paths of education where we can grow in truth. And so we're going to be rolling that out over the next few months where you, you can just go through these courses, go through this curriculum, and we'll have people uh, teaching those curriculums and teaching those things, and they'll be ongoing, kind of like of our Next Steps classes where they happen every month, and they row through one through three or one through four. Say you come in on the third class, you could start at the third, do the third and the fourth, and then the next month do the first and second, and you'll be done with that course. But we, we really want to step up our, our availability, our avenues, our opportunities to grow in truth. So we want to, we're, we're working with the Holy Spirit to creatively facilitate those things. But guys, we have to know truth. And we have to apply truth. We have to live truth. We can't be ignorant and we can't be morons. And we can't be, what was it, scatterbrained, whatever's, double-minded. We've got to live truth. So to live it, you've got to know it. 
and to, after you know it, you've got to be committed to apply it. You've got to be eager to demonstrate it with your life. And it's not, you got to do this, because if you don't do this, you got to do, it's, again, invitation, 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 invitation. And we have to desire truth because we believe that he is good and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And on the other side of every truth is a promise that is yes and amen that I want to lay hold of. So I desperately want to know more, reveal more of what's available, reveal more. What I love, one of the things I love the most about this place, and just like I was talking to you earlier about the journey and having to say yes to the vision and having to say yes to growth, having to say yes to more work in the process, having to say yes to um, difficult things because it necessitates growth, having to say yes to those things, keeping the vision first and our opinions and our preferences uh, subjected to that, you know, one of the greatest things in this house, and we, we talk about it a lot and love God the first week, but having a place where there's not all of these traditions and these um, methodology and these, these ideas where we worship specific uh, manifestations or emotional responses or whatever to where when you come in, you think there's only one way to worship God and it's the way all these people in here are doing it and you're uncomfortable unless you do it exactly like they're doing it. That's been such a passion from the very beginning to be a safe place. And, I, and one of my favorite testaments that that is part of the vision that's been maintained is that there's people sitting in here today from all different backgrounds. Yet they find this place a place where they feel comfortable worshiping the way that they worship and not dogmatically pressured into doing a certain way or a certain style or a certain thing. And I love that. And so that's our approach to truth. We don't come at truth with a dogmatic stance like, this is everything we know, we know it all, and everyone get on board with it exactly like this. The beautiful thing is, is like we're all on this quest together to discover truth. And we continue to discover truth. We continue to be transformed. There's ideologies that we preached here nine years ago that we won't preach now. I mean, we just continue to grow. We don't do away with any foundational truths about uh, God and, and the Trinity and who they are and all that, but we, we d deepen our understanding and we grow in our discovery. And so we're on that journey together so that we can live truth. I don't want to, at the end of the day, say, man, you did a great job really making everybody do everything you knew. You had the most uniform. You had the most uh, obedient. You had the most, I mean, you really had your people in line. I mean, that church, y'all really did a lot. You just did 
the wrong stuff. I feel like it's when we get there and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And we say, well, we cast out demons in your name. We did all this stuff. And he's like, but I didn't know you because you didn't know me. I want to know him and I want to live him and I want to demonstrate him. Can you stand with me today we, as we go? Prayer team, you can come and be prepared. Folks want to receive prayer today. Well, we thank you that there is, you are truth. You are absolute. There is one way and you're the way. There is one truth and you're the truth. And we thank you for the invitation for us to grow in revelation and grow in understanding and grow in living a life that demonstrates truth, that gets to be partakers of the fruits of truth, gets to be partakers of a lie, of a fruit that is in alignment with the kingdom purposes that you intend for our life. We thank you for that, that that's there that it's even an option that we don't just all come to this um, superficial knowledge of you and we, we, we don't get to really discover anything more than heaven and hell and say yes or no and Jesus is son of, but you, you have, there's so much depth in just that. There's so much depth in just who you are that can be applied and resonate all throughout our lives. And it's such an invitation. It's such an invitation for growth and discovery. And we thank you. Thank you for making it that way. Thank you for creating us that way. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for revealing yourself. Thank you for being discoverable. Thank you for being learnable. Thank you for being readable. Thank you for being appliable. Thank you for being just all the things that you are that facilitate us to live a life that demonstrates your kingdom and partakes of the fullness of your kingdom. It's amazing. It's overwhelming. It's unbelievable. We thank you for that. And Lord, like never before, would we as a body be committed to truth? We just say yes. Yes is a huge thing. I think we so often need to refresh our yes. Redefine our yes. So today we just say yes to truth. We say yes to truth above our opinion, above our preference, above our comfort, above our ignorance, above our foolishness. We say yes to truth. And whatever that does to our life and however that shapes us and forms us, we say yes to living truth. In Jesus' name, so be it, so be it. If anybody here today has never surrendered your life to truth, 
I'm talking about this truth and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But you want to know him. You want to come to him. You want to surrender your life to him. Truth and have a firm foundation in your life. Just come to this welcome home banner this morning. We'll be here. We'll pray with you. If anybody else wants prayer, prayer team is up here. Come on up and receive prayer this morning. We love you. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to go to the fellowship hall. Sign up for life groups, reach teams, XP teams, all the things. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.